Okay, so this week we were supposed to watch a few things. Did we watch those things? I had school to build. So you had school? Schools to build. Oh, yeah. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, you did not have school. You had schools to build, and I had zombies to kill. Yeah, busy, busy bees. So we're going to talk a lot about that. But first, we're here. Good job, but we're also queer. Now give me my entertainment. (laughs) So... What we're talking about is this. Listen up. We wanted to, and by we, I mean kind of me, because, you know, last time you learned that I uh, predominantly dictate what's going to happen TV watching wise. And I probably shouldn't say that word because I ask you if you want to be interested in it. But the reality is, I mean, that's like asking somebody a question in a foreign language and then expecting an honest answer back. I don't know what I want to (laughs) watch. What I wanted to watch this week was Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. It had two episodes that aired and one episode that I think just came out yesterday. And I love The Lord of the Rings and I did really enjoy the movies a lot. But I feel like they're so dense and so hard to get through sometimes that I somehow wasn't interested in this as much as what we ended up doing, which we'll talk about. Yes. How can you possibly, even if everybody gets like free Ferraris to get to work, spend a billion dollars on a TV show? It's actually not a billion. It's It's basically what they're saying is that it's like, 600 million or something okay but that but i just don't ultimately that's a lot of money it's a lot of money now we i think it was on this podcast that we talked about the prior lord of the rings or maybe it was on our on our twitch stream about the importance of how peter jackson made all three at the same time and did that whole thing to make them all sort of equal yes he did all the vistas that were beautiful the effects were very physical whatever what do they call it practical so I think that's probably what they spent their money on. This has been a long time in the making. Making? Making or breaking. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this is probably... Look, I'm even, we're, we're talking about something that we haven't even watched, so I don't even know. I just know the story I just want to see their Excel spreadsheet of their finances. I am very curious. It's where, officially the where most did expensive it, show. Where did they... We could have gone back to the moon at this yeah. point. But you know what? They need all their lattes. They need their frappuccinos. They need their How ma- many, macchiatos or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Their Graydorf macchiato or whatever he is. Ganondorf. Graydorf macchiato. That's the new wizard, right? Yeah. Got it. I understand. How much did it cost us to build the James Webb Space Telescope? And everybody was barking about it with like $10 billion or whatever it was. And it was over budget this and over budget that. We're literally looking back in time, folks. And we're looking billions of light years away. And everybody was barking about that. And nobody bats an eye at a billion dollars for a TV show. For a fantasy world where they all smell. <laughs> they all smell. They our, all look disgusting. Um, where are our priorities? <laughs> now, here's here's the thing, though. Like, I, I kind of want to 
spend time talking on things we actually did uh, as compared to something that we assume is one thing or another. But um, well, you know, we can talk about anything. So for for a million hours, the final thing I want to say about this before we move on is I also feel and maybe this is a very controversial statement that I am very into Game of Thrones uh, offshoot, which is House of the Dragon right now. Like I'm really into it. And I feel a little bit of um, what's that word people use where you do something too much and you get like tired of it, like a like fatigue. fatigue. So I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit of of like fantasy fatigue right now. As in, I want to be obsessed with House of the Dragon, but I feel like the Ring of Powers is sort of almost similar in a way. I and can it's like absolutely relate to this. Look, I you. You know where I'm going to go the moment that I mentioned this first sentence. When the following was... (laughs) I can't even that you are bringing House of the Dragon and of Powers, both critically acclaimed and billions of dollars, to comparing it to the following. When the show The Following was on... That was the year or the era of cop dramas. And I'm telling you that every single show was a cop drama. You couldn't go to the supermarket and not be part of a cop drama. It was ridiculous. This is in your world because I hope you know this is still a thing. No, this was, I'm telling you, every single big name show on every major network during the time of the following was a cop drama like the friends offshoot the friends offshoot was where uh kramer comes and starts to arrest people for shooting eating soup oh yeah yep they they don't deserve that soup no and so that whole time period was triggering to me Mm. and i feel like too much of something is bad and same way i can see if we're trending down this path of fantasy, we're going to revisit the cop drama era all over again. I want to say that I'm not saying I have the fatigue. I'm saying that part of me. You're saying producers tread lightly. I just think the coincidence of time where both of House of the Dragon and this, which are both rich and dense and complicated stories that are kind of sometimes a little boring. And I don't mean that as like a knock, but they're not always action filled. And and just from what I've read, and I hate talking about like a review or something that I've read, but it suggests that part of Ring of Powers is like meh. Because it's a lot of exposition. And then, like, when it gets to the exciting stuff, it's exciting. But, like, ultimately, I think I just don't know that I have it in me to sit through all of these gobs and gobs of, like, exposition for something. When in this week, we had other things that just somehow captured our interest. And then we did those things, which is what this podcast is all about. When there are very similar worlds like that, my problem is keeping straight which storyline is in. Which, I know because and, I had that actually when we watched Dune very close to, um, uh, what was the foundation Dune mm-hmm, and foundation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because they were like, they were both fantastic, by the way, those were both gr- great, great, uh, content. But I do sometimes mesh up the storylines and I 
feel like if we do go down, I mean, I know that I'm a Lord of the Rings fanatic and i know everything Mm -hmm. there's to know about the fantasy world of lord of the rings you know uh i know i know what's the name gray dwarf macchiato kj tolling and Mm -hmm. um, kj tolling and 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 the bobbit the lorena mm -hmm. bobbit (laughs) i think hodor is in there hodor is in fact not in there and he's in the other show But yeah, I I see that potentially Bobbin? happening. Is that what you said? Or Bobbin. did I say Bobbin? No, I said the Bobbin. Oh, but you forgot Bobbin. Bobbin, yeah. Mm. Bilbo Bobbins. Bilbo Bobbins. Yeah. And then they say that they they want the all the dinners, like the first and second. They were Taco Bell before Taco Bell was a thing. I know. When the fourth dinner strikes, you better go in your Bobbit, Bobbit hole. <laughs> I can't. Uh, what is that commercial? The oh, the fourth, fourth meal or the something. The fourth meal. Yeah, yeah. It's like something with midnight, right? It's like yeah. a late, late night snack. I don't know. They were speaking to us, though. Jeez. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah that's a concern. I feel like I need to just keep my head straight, my head in the game. I need to know which one is the dragon one and which one is the, the goblin one and not cross my, my wires. <laughs> So that's a struggle of mine. Nobody on the podcast needs to deal with that. That is an internal struggle I have. However, though, to your point, both sets of stories are so dense with families and and similarities to each other. And there's so many people. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's one video game. I'm going to compare this to something that probably no one has played. It was called Suikoden. It was for the PS1, I want to say, or PS2 era. And there was like... You know, normally in like an RPG for a video game, you have like four characters, five, six characters. What was Mario RPG? Like six? Yeah, you could uh, probably about six, I think. So, and and each one, there's no, each one doesn't have a story per se. They have like little segments of story and Mario's story is the main one. So in this game, there was, the big deal about it was that there was, I think, 32 distinct characters that you can like collect in your party and play as and learn a whole story about each one how long was this game it was very very long and i didn't finish it because i'm like i just learned sally's whole backstory now we gotta go to jimbo i can't deal with this this is too much all i'm saying is that it is sometimes in these particularly two worlds a little much to remember and things get very blurred not only between the shows but like amidst the show like then yeah. i'm like is this was this in house of the dragon or is this in game of thrones or whatever you know so i think that i will watch ring of powers i just feel like this week in particular we had some other things that we did that both of us did that just captured our interest more so what did you do i played two point um campus which is tell us about it what is uh, it it's so good i'm like so engrossed in it it's totally my type of game um if you watch the uh air streamers very early on uh we played two point hospital on twitch two point hospital um, and that's like a, it's like a simulation game. Is that what I would describe? It's like kind of like a, I, I, I would know. say like a sim or management, a management. Yeah. sim management game. 
And you and the hospital game, you have to build the hospital and treat different diseases and hire doctors and everything. Very uh, like comedic in its approach. It's not serious. It's not a, a true simulator. I'm, I'm like, happy that they did that for Two Point Hospital because I think it'd be real weird if with that cartoony style, it was like cure this person of a like disease, yeah. like a terminal yeah. illness. That yeah, would be yeah. weird. But they. Um, what were some of the diseases? Uh, lightheadedness and they had a light bulb on their head like it was so, they're just totally ridiculous something with a dog I can't remember what it was um, but you you basically walked like a dog or something like that yeah yeah another one where you couldn't walk in a straight line or something or you spun around what am I thinking of or you were Frankenstein yeah it was like a yeah zombie, yeah zombie. they had a whole bunch of them and yeah. they have very funny writers for, for whoever is doing that yeah. like, uh, great with puns um, and this actually started, my interest in this game started in high school when I played Theme Hospital, which was this company's like earliest game, I think. Yeah. Right? From what I read, I think it wasn't, it's not even technically the same company because now the company is called Two Point. Right. Then I don't know what they were called, but a group of people from that company who were like the developers Got After together. all of it ended, yeah. they got back together and were like, hey, listen, let's do something again, which was the birth of Two Point Hospital. I don't know if it was, was it LucasArts maybe I back then? I kind of want to say that it It might have been LucasArts or like Sierra, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Maxis before Maxis was bought by EA and they probably didn't use that property. But anyway, so that was sort of my trajectory. I started with Theme Hospital saw that they had a remake or updated, not a remake, an updated version of Theme Hospital, which they called Two Point Hospital. This was a couple of years ago. I learned. It's a business simulation game, first off, from Theme Hospital by Bullfrog Productions. Bullfrog, And yeah. published by EA. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you say EA? I thought it was Maxis, but yeah. it, EA... You know what Maxis I thought was, though? Now we're just getting a little No, crazy. Maxis was... Wasn't it the Mac developer who ported things to the Mac? No, Maxis was uh, Sims and um, SimCity. Mm, yes, you're right. And so then this past August, Two Point came out with Two Point Campus, which was a diversion from hospital-themed and now looking at building out campuses, college campuses, um, and... But still the same gameplay. So still deciding what courses you're going to run. New tweaks, new twists in how they did it. Because now you're doing course management. And it goes over the span of a year. Which and I think is so interesting. Yeah. In the other one it wasn't. It was just this continuous month to month to month. Yep. And now this end of the year moment. Kind of like when, bookends. Yeah. Where it creates like milestones within the within each of the, the levels. It's just really well done. I really like this layout or this uh, approach. I like the year-end like check-in. Um, I like the flexibility that they have and how you can build things. It seems a, a whole lot more diverse with its challenges it's, also, I want to say. Because yeah. the way that the game works is there's 12 campuses and you start each campus from like zero and you need to build each one up to a certain level of quality to move on to the next one 
Chris's approach is that he's been playing to get three stars, which is the most you can get in each of the campuses. When you normally play, and by normally, I mean not a person who's as incredible as Chris, you are going to be playing to get to probably one or two stars before you move on. And each of those stars has like a pretty significant amount of work you got to put into it. But the best part is when you move on to the next, I want to say like world, it seems to me as a viewer of the game, like it's a, kind of a lot different there's like a yeah, lot of aspects could, of it that are i mean different. world is a very good choice of words because if you think it's sort of like in mario where you have you know the first level and then maybe the and that has all of the, the themes goombulas. It has yeah the goombulas the, it has the pipes it has the flower piranhas yeah. blah 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 then you go into like the underwater water world and it has a slightly different mechanic but the same gameplay similar here um i think it really great i absolutely love it i can't believe i'm sad that it's uh coming to an end for me at least After for the game 70 or 80 but hours yeah i have played. like 60 hours i think in it but i want you to know that i have heard that the sandbox mode is incredible so when you're done with this next level you're on what i think you're able to do is pick i think pick a course or I'm sorry, a campus and you basically build out your dream campus for infinity. I think it just goes, you just for You'll be the next Harvard. <laughs> you'll be the next Harvard with uh, the class called funny business, which is a comedic, a class or, about teaching clowns about business. What about night night school? I think was my best because it was, it's called night school, but it's all about like medieval, medieval nights, yeah. like K N I G H, which is super funny. You must've done the vampire ones, which I don't remember because they're on the loading screen a lot. And we talked about it and I don't remember. Oh, um, that might be the like potion ones or something. Oh, like that, the wizard is, tree. that is the wizard. Yeah, it was the whole Harry Potter one, which was all like about getting you need it. I couldn't believe that you needed a dark arts course, which I'm like, why is J.K. Rowling worrying about the things she's worrying about? Just tell her about this. Yeah, you know? she'll blow a gasket. Um, speaking of, did I tell you about her book? Yeah, you did. Which I can't is even ridiculous. stand it. I'm going to just repeat it on here. But her book she just released was a book about, I haven't read it and I will not, but it is a book about a person who gets um, uh, attacked online for their anti-trans views. And she comes out and says, oh, uh, no, that's not about me. No, why would you think that? It's totally a coincidence. Can you even stand it? People are remarkable. Didn't People she? Are didn't remarkable. somebody uh, claim that her one story is very similar to an existing story? I forget. I don't know. Or probably ha Harry Potter. Harry Potter oh, was like a borrowed story. I don't. I know. don't know the answer to that. But that <laughs> I thought I read know. that somewhere. And then if that's the case, and she's borrowing from herself, that's that's all that she knows. I know. That's all that she knows. Um, I wanted to talk about... I want to know about your game that you uh, played this so week. So, as Chris was playing... Um, as Chris was playing Two Point Campus, when I got past that initial, like, this is exciting, I want to see this level, I want to see how it starts, I want to see what the goals are, then it gets to the, the sort of, like, the work that I'm not doing because I'm watching. So then I took out my Steam Deck, and I have some interesting things to say. So I love my Steam Deck. I think it's great. I never really gave a proper review on it. But I also never played a game that I felt was how, how do i put this like worthy of the steam deck 
What I mean is it's a whole computer and I feel like if I'm playing like a 2D pixel game, I could do that on the Switch. I could do that on my iPhone. It's really not yeah. dramatically different than doing that on um uh you know, a computer like the Steam Deck. But I randomly found uh, a great deal on this website called Humble Bundle or something. I, I think I messed that up. For all of the Resident Evil games, every single one of them, for $30. So you get every single one from Steam for $30. And I'm like, I love Resident Evil. I'm going to do this. I may never play them, but I bought, I want to say, what, like $500 worth of games for $30. So I did that. That's a crazy steal. It's a crazy steal. And I started playing Resident Evil 1, which reminded me what of What is it? Humble youth. Bungle? Humble Bundle? Humble Bundle, I want to say. But the cool thing is, I don't know how they get away with this, but all of the money that they get, um, not all of it, but a significant amount of it goes to charity. So the, the, the these big bundles are like a push to get people to donate more to charity. So I don't know how they work it out with the developers That's to awesome. make that happen. But it's very cool. So I started playing Resident Evil 1 on the Steam Deck. And Resident Evil 1 is a very, very, very old game that by today's standards is a very difficult game to play. But they remade it for um, the GameCube, I want to say like 15 years ago. So I basically played that version of it, which was fine. It was great. I enjoyed it. Phenomenal atmosphere, really edgy for its time and all of that. But then I played Resident Evil 2. I launched it and I'd forgotten that they remade it completely. They didn't update it like graphics wise. They remade the game with the same uh, content, so to speak, as what the original was, but in completely modern third person gameplay. And I was blown away. Like new graphics? Yeah, I mean, right now, that game, if you put it on, like, the Xbox Series X or the PS5, it's considered to be, like, the, like a, what's the word? Like a landmark-looking sort of game. Like a, it's like a benchmark game, because it looks great. Graphically, it looks great. It controls great. And I'm completely Is that one of the top-tier titles from that franchise? Like, 2 is I think 2 is considered to be the best at the time, and then it moved to 4 being officially the best, um of all of all of them i've never and played any of them they or wait no i have they scare me though yeah you me and you played, played resident evil 5 and i don't think that it was as good as um the other ones were the reason why we both played it is because it was the first time that it was a fully co-op game which i thought was really cool they did a good job with that but my point is i cannot tell you how obsessed i got full shrimp eyes i beat resident evil 2 and then to my surprise i don't even know why i don't know these things because i know everything about video games don't everything I? literally everything. all the time ever that's why we have a podcast i know clearly i'm the master at everything <laughs> <laughs> except that i missed the radar on these two games and when i beat resident evil 2 i was like oh this is going to be great to play resident evil 3 because um i want to see what the story is and i never played it but i was nervous because it was going to control like resident evil 1 I launched Resident Evil 3 and I forgot they remade that one too. Fully brand new. Everything. It was when a continuation from Resident Evil 2. They had in the so modern many games world. in that franchise and then they were going back and remaking and them. And remaking them. And the reason why I have to say is because they have been trying desperately to get some sort of movie, TV show, entertainment concept to go along with this. And every time they've launched something, it's failed because there is a great story there, but it's, I feel like it's just written by children. Because like, they don't have time. Because they're making and 
remaking. Yeah, and um, baking uh, and shaking. Yeah, and moving and making. <laughs> but I think that and um, taking when I beat Resident Evil Three in one day, one day you beat maybe a board and a half of your game while I was playing Resident Evil. Well, let's talk about what the skill level is for. <laughs> this is a skill gap here. Let's be honest. I kill. Oh well, I played on easy, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> I, at some point, I died enough, and the game was like, do you need assist mode? And I was like... Oh, they uh, had that? Or is that because they did the remake? They did the remake. No, back then, you would never have that. They would be like, okay, try harder. Yeah. Don't oh, you buy died the again? Game. Okay, yeah. bye. You forgot to save? Whoops. That's on you. That's what they would say. <laughs> so, um, I finally beat Resident Evil 3. Then I went to the next game, uh, which was Resident Evil 0. It's like a prequel to... to one and i couldn't do it i stopped i paused because it's just it's that older style mechanics and i'm just like now spoiled with the new one you know so you said so no. i said no but the next thing i can't even believe this they're remaking resident evil 4 so now i'm gonna play that next they, uh, they need to pump the brakes and f focus on the tv show if that's their own personal goal but i gotta tell you it was great i loved every minute of it um if you do like any scary sort of games or content play it the the graphics are great for resident evil 2 and 3 the story is great the acting is absolutely atrocious i will tell you right now it is like raz razzies worthy or whatever that is this is? the game with that I was here where it's like, Jesus. Yeah. I'm like in the middle of fighting the <laughs> the zombie and it opens up like an extra head and he's like, Jesus. <laughs> over and over. I'm playing the the campus game and I just, that's all I hear. And it's like on loop. It's at this point, it's sing song to me. Um, last thing I want to say before we head out. I, uh, we also have been watching She-Hulk and I have to tell you, I think it's one of the most unhinged uh, Marvel properties that they've ever made. <laughs> and I can't, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I think it's very good and I'm enjoying it a lot and I'm genuinely laughing during it, but it's very unhinged. It's like chaotic. Good is the way that I would describe uh -huh, it. Yeah. And I'm here for it. It's so weird. It's so wacky. The fact that there's that scene at the end of season, uh, episode two, where, um, she twerks with Megan, the stallion, I cannot even stand that. It's so freaking funny. But then at the same time, the the very direct um, sexism that they show that she experiences that are apparently ex like real stories that they pull from, real quotes that they pull from, real um, content that they pull from, that she experiences is remarkable. And this last episode, I think the way that it ended, where the guy was into her as the Hulk, and then she became normal and he was like did you hear that no. little uh tidbit that she dropped about um twitter armor yeah and and wong yep i mean it's 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 funny like it but that it has to come to that like and that they deal with that as as actors like that people yep are pissed at them for whatever then don't watch it yep full don't watch it. You know, it's interesting. You're selling me that. And I actually missed the, I thought it was just generalized, but now you're saying, I'm going to just describe no. what you're saying that people are so upset, generally speaking with the fact that there is a She-Hulk, the fact that it's a girl superhero, the fact that it's someone who looks the way that she looks. And so there's a lot of hate towards it for a variety of reasons. So what Chris is saying is that there's they a line. They said, yeah. That she breaks the fourth wall. And she says that, 
having Wong on the show, the guy who does a little spinny hand Who's thing. Everyone loves unanimously. Yeah. Having Wong on the show is like having Twitter armor mm-hmm. saying that, at least, oh, at least it gives me yeah. like a reprieve from all of the hate on Twitter yeah. because Wong comes on for an episode. I can't even stand that. And I think she's such a great actress. I love her so much. She is great. She, she was, was great in Orange Black. is the New Black or yeah. whatever. Orange is the New Orphan. Yeah. Um. So we, I think we have to wrap up, don't we? I think so. Um. And listen, we talked a lot today. We were supposed to talk Ring of Powers and that did, certainly didn't happen. Although, we, I don't know, we talked 20 minutes of that. We didn't even watch it. What's going to happen when we watch it? I don't know. It's going to be a five-hour podcast. There's going to be, yes. It's going to be all season three, all that we ever talk mm-hmm. about on the show. Yep. And we're um, going to get we're gonna get a line item on that billion-dollar Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Airstreamers, <laughs> the five-star podcast, huge paycheck. Of 30 cents. 30 cents. Right from the Bezos. Yep. Yep. Anyway, folks, we're going to head out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Airstreamers podcast, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye.